This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We hear a lot of pitches on this show. I mean, no surprise there. It's the name of the podcast. But the entrepreneurs who come on this show, they're pitching more than just a business idea. They're pitching their dream. Because when you run a small business, you're putting your whole self into it. State Farm gets that. And they work with small business owners across the country to help create personalized plans that are built for their small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. From Gimlet Media, this is The Pitch. I'm Josh Muccio. So earlier this year, we asked for your feedback on the show. And the number one request we got was, can you share more updates from past startups who've been on the show? What happens after the money hits the bank? Well, I'm here to tell you, we aim to please. Today, we're going to share an update from one of the companies from our very first season, Sudden Coffee. The two co-founders pitched to investors way back in 2016. And like many startups, Sudden Coffee has been on a wild journey since then. So we're going to listen back to that pitch. And then I'll be catching up with one of the co-founders to hear where the company is today. All right. So here's the original pitch, which has been lightly edited. My passion is making that great coffee um, really easy and fun and accessible to as many people as I possibly can. Today, we hear from two co-founders who think they figured out the secret to making premium instant coffee. Now, can they get investors to put their bucks behind their beans? Phil Nadell is the founder of Forefront Venture Partners. In pitches, you'll hear him put the focus on the hard numbers. I don't like the model. Not seeing the path to recurring revenue. Jillian Manis is here representing Structure Capital. When she invests in a company, it's because she believes in the founder and their mission. I always tell founders that early stage investors are actually co-founders. Jake Chapman's here with Gelt VC. He has a keen eye for detail and makes sure to dot his I's and cross his T's before he invests. There are a ton, a ton of operational issues that you haven't had to address yet. Howie Diamond founded the VC firm Ranch Ventures. He's not afraid to push founders to really defend their company and sell him on why he should invest. Everything you describe can happen on an iPad, but you're saying that it should happen on a mirror on a wall. That's not convincing to me. Our two founders, Calais and Josh, are all set to pitch investors. They seem loose and relaxed, and right before they head into the studio, I find out why. They've been pitching a lot lately, and it's gone very well. In fact, of the $3 million they're trying to raise, they've already secured $2.9 million. Of course, the investors don't know that yet, but they will soon enough. My background is pretty heavily in coffee. I've been a barista for almost 10 years originally from Helsinki, Finland, where I started working in coffee. Um, this is Calais Fries, the co-founder of Sudden Coffee. I'm two-time Finnish barista champion, and I was ranked as a ninth. Two-time what? Two-time Finnish barista champion. Barista. Yeah. Barista. You're barista, coffee you're make, barista coffee champion. Right. Yes. But for Calais, coffee making is not just about winning awards. And to me, what I, I love coffee is that it's a really concrete way of making somebody's day better by serving them a great cup of coffee. And my passion is making that great coffee 
um, really easy and fun and accessible to as many people as I possibly can. So Sudden Coffee is instant coffee that you'll actually want to drink. Once Calais had his idea for Sudden Coffee, he headed to San Francisco in search of a business partner. So yeah, so I'm Josh. I'm the CEO of Sudden Coffee. Joshua Zloof is the business side of Sudden Coffee. Previously, he was a consultant at McKenzie doing supply chain. Then he went to Groupon and then another food startup. Yeah, so my background is half operations, half tech. And so for me, it's, you know, I'm really passionate about how you can deliver really awesome offline experiences using technology. So Calais and Josh joined forces and they were all set to start selling instant coffee. But I know what you're thinking. Doesn't instant coffee taste really bad? Fundamentally, instant coffee is liquid coffee that's dehydrated. Right. And it's been around for a long time, and everybody knows it's not great, right? And how it works is that the huge companies that make it so far get the basically the cheapest, crappiest coffee around, roast it very dark, and then they extract it at very high temperature and pressure actually twice so that you get... <clears throat> three times as much stuff out of the beans as, as you would normally get when you brew the coffee. Then that liquid, which is like really woody and bitter, is boiled down and sprayed with hot air. So you get rid of anything delicious that might be left in there. <laughs> so you have a lot of this powder uh, for very cheap, but it doesn't taste great. Basically, we've all gotten accustomed to bad instant coffee because it's always made as cheaply as possible. But Calais figures out how to dehydrate high-quality coffee into a powder that, according to him, tastes way better. And that turned out to be setting coffee. And so tell us about the process. Did you develop the process? Yeah, is this a patented process? Um, It's proprietary. So it's not patent? It's not patented currently. There's no patent around it. There's no defensibility, really. Well, I don't think that having no patent means that there's no defensibility. What Kelly means is that his process of making instant coffee is what's special. They don't need a patent because they have a process that's a trade secret. Kind of like how KFC doesn't have a patent on their fried chicken. They just have a secret recipe. Once they developed the secret process of scalably producing their instant coffee, Kelly and Josh were ready to launch Sudden Coffee. And we're now at the point where we're trying to raise a $3 million round to really help us get to the next level of scale, both from a capacity standpoint, and but mostly from a marketing standpoint. Yeah, who wants coffee, by the way? So I don't drink coffee. Mm, I don't need the funny thing is, I, I don't drink, drink coffee, some. but I used to drink coffee. So I figure I'll take a sip, because I used to love coffee. Okay. So this is not gonna kill me. I'll take a sip. Only one of our investors actually drinks coffee. This is not great news for our founders who are trying to sell them on how good sudden coffee is. Nonetheless, they proceed undaunted, with Josh pulling tubes of sudden coffee out of a box. He pulls off the lids, empties the powder into a couple of mugs, and adds hot water. Then he hands them out to Jake and Jillian, the only investors who volunteered to try the product. The question for me uh, is, to you guys, how did it taste? Normally I drink coffee with some cream and some sugar, right. um, and this is just black, and it's actually not bitter at all. Like it's right. it's really it's drinkable. Bitter. Yeah, right. um, it's not a lot of instant coffees are like Keurig coffee, which I guess is not instant, sort of instant. Um, it's pretty watery, really light. This has this is definitely a better product. Like it has, yeah. it's more full flavor. Do, does it taste like you know what you get at Starbucks? I think Starbucks coffee is 
atrocious. I think their brewed coffee is atrocious. So is this better than Starbucks? Better than Starbucks. This is. Yeah, the brewed coffee is better than Starbucks. And the other stuff at Starbucks is delicious, but it's because they put all the other stuff in it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, this, it's good. It's not as it's not as good as like a great cup of coffee at Phil's would be, mm-hmm. I think, or Blue Bottle. Okay. So according to Jake, Sudden Coffee is better than Starbucks. And if you've driven down a street, any street lately, you probably know Starbucks has a pretty impressive market share. Could Sudden Coffee be the Starbucks of instant coffee? How big uh, was the instant coffee market? $35 billion. In the U.S. or global? Worldwide. Didn't I hear that, like... Actually, the U.S. is the lowest market for instant coffee. That's correct, but we're not we're not targeting the people who drink instant coffee. We're targeting people who go to Blue Bottle and who kind of realize that they first like first of all are willing to pay several dollars for a cup of coffee. Right. So where do you fit in that model? I'm I'm just confused. Like, where does instant coffee fit in that model? Is it for that? Is that the target demographic? Like, who who are I you think, really targeting? I mean, I think alternate, like, ultimately, we're creating an like alternative way of drinking good coffee. So it's not meant to replace going out to a coffee shop when you have a chance to do that. It's not meant to brew coffee at home. And like most people we talk with, drink two cups of coffee a day. And the first one is very kind of entrenched in their morning routine, and it's about uh, getting caffeine. It's about sort of the ritual that gets your morning going. And then the second cup. More often, people have problem with that. If you're stuck at work and you only have uh, capsule coffee that doesn't taste great, um, we can help you drink good coffee when you're there, when you're traveling. You've been selling since when? Uh, January. It's January. January 2016. How are you selling it? Um, it's online only um, as subscriptions. How much is a subscription? So currently, it's uh, 250 a cup. Okay. Basically, the whole value proposition that I had in mind when we started working on this is making a cup of coffee that is as good as you can get at cafes. I mean, realistically, it's not—it's never going to be better than the best freshly brewed coffee, but it's going to be—it's already better than 90% of what I get in good cafes. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have a great cup of coffee for half the price what you would pay at a coffee shop, and you're going to have it anywhere. How much sales have you generated since January? Um, so we've done about 100K since January. We're at 20K recurring. How many subscribers is that? Um, so our peak was in uh, or July. We hit 500 subscribers. I think now we're closer to 400. Did you catch that? Over the course of just a few months, Sudden Coffee has lost 20% of its monthly subscribers. A declining customer base is obviously not an encouraging sign, although it isn't all that uncommon for an early startup. After the initial launch, there's a spike in sales, and then things often slow significantly, which can be really scary as a founder. But in this pitch, what matters is whether the investors think these founders can turn things around. I'll tell you what I see this as, and I kind of say it as I see it, okay? And that I think this is good, okay? I wouldn't say I would drink it and say, wow, this is an amazing cup of coffee, okay? I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, However, what I see this as is not the best. It's a actually a marketing play. I don't see anybody going around saying this is the best cup of instant coffee I've ever had. Mm-hmm. But I have. I but it's getting people to accept it as the best instant right. coffee they've ever had because it has the authority, one of the leading authorities behind it, saying I use a special process. I'm this and that. And when you tell people that, you can romance it. You, you can romance it. it. Yeah, to 
<laughs> extend on that. Uh, I, I was actually thinking r- along the same lines to roll this out. Have you guys thought about doing like a crowdfunding campaign? This is not what our founders want to be hearing. When an investor starts suggesting crowdfunding, it's a subtle signal that they think the company hasn't yet found its footing. And Calais and Josh haven't given them much reason to believe otherwise. They've pointed to declining sales, but not to the 2.9 million Sudden Coffee has already raised. Now is the time for Calais and Josh to jump in and get this conversation on track. There's a way to tell your story yeah. that is really interesting that yeah. could differentiate you. And that could also allow you to get some credibility in the market. Yeah. And it could also allow you to pre-sell your products so you could actually gauge demand without having to take any sort of inventory risk or anything like that. Absolutely. I think that's a really Absolutely. great way to get this because out there. This Surprisingly is a, great this suggestion is, from Howie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very rare. There is no like great leader in this no. space. And you have that opportunity. It's right. wide open for you. Right. This is what I call, this is like a super brand. And I think you have the opportunity to put a cape on it and just let it, you know, let it soar. You can have the most incredible product, but if you don't know how to talk about it, if it doesn't have a brand identity, okay, you're going to have a problem accelerating it. You have a good product and it might be great, but for me right now, it's just a solid product. So, but you, I don't think they need much money no, I don't for think, all of this. No, I mean, we're talking really about a couple don't. hundred K, well, maybe. because they're only like four weeks away from launching at scale right. in terms of their production. So they can keep up with the, Absolutely. you know, that demand if you, yeah. if you get it. I have to say, at this point, I'm sitting in the control booth listening to this pitch thinking, Calais, Josh, take control and tell the investors how much money you've already raised. There's but no I think you need to I tell think... your story, like, yeah. at scale. Like, tell your story to the masses, and you have so, a platform now to do that. I guess that, so, and we keep debating this internally. And by the way, we should come back to, which we, one we, says have fund, which? we have fundraising news that, that we should disclose at okay. the end. But, They've uh, already raised 2.7. They a couple hundred. But we keep, we keep coming to this debate internally about, and um, should we do a crowdfunding campaign? And Kali's always been like pushing hard that we should do a crowdfunding campaign. And my question is always, at the end of the day, we're still going to have a problem driving impressions to the campaign. Now you're going to tell us that you've raised $2.7 million from Sequoia. <laughs> yeah, give us the and, reveal. <laughs> and go, you know, they and have, off. <laughs> they have some news percolating. Yeah, what's your, what's your big news? Oh, percolating. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, tell us what's been growing. Tell us what's been brewing. Tell us what's been brewing. Oh, bother. No, so, I mean, we we purposely left room room on the round, but we... What, like 100? Yeah, there's there's a hundred. <laughs> no, really, how much is left on the round? Yeah, yeah. Well, we, there's a hundred. There's a hundred left on the okay, round. Okay, you know. Oh, wow. So you've, you raised two point nine. We raised two point nine from um, Charles River Ventures is the, is our lead, and then this is our second round. So we raised five hundred k a year ago. Mm-hmm. At what valuation? Um, the valuation on this round is six point two five pre. After spending half the pitch coming up with crowdfunding and marketing strategies. The investors find out that Sudden Coffee already has $2.9 million in the bank. But it's late in the conversation, and there's not much time to talk about it. It's decision time. Here's Phil. Well, let me just say that um, I'm not a coffee drinker, uh, so I don't have a lot of passion about this space. It's difficult for me because I, I don't go to coffee shops, I don't drink coffee. Um, 
And I think the brand is very powerful, right? And that is, is extremely cool. And um, I'm going to pass. So Phil passed. Here's Howie. I mean, you could have probably launched a crowdfunding campaign, come back around and raise money at a much higher valuation. But, you know, you're because like right now you're diluting yourself by like you're giving up like half the company. I don't drink coffee. I don't really do a lot of consumer product good companies that much. So it's probably not the right fit for me. All right. So Howie passed. Only Jake and Jillian remain. Maybe the founders have some hope with Jake, though. He hasn't said much but he's the only one in the room to actually finish his cup of sudden coffee. Um, no, I am a coffee drinker, right? Um, I drink at least two cups a day, probably more like three on average. I think it's a good cup of coffee. It wouldn't replace like a Phil's or a Blue Bottle for me, but I know that's not the market you're going after. But my biggest problem, though, is that for me, place is very important. It's like physically being there, and it's because I want to get out of my home office for a while or I had a meeting somewhere and then I've got another meeting in an hour and I, I need a place to park it, mm-hmm. right? And I'm just not the right consumer. And so for me, it means I'm probably not the right investor. Um, and so I, I'm going to have to pass. So Jillian is the only investor left. Of all the investors in the room, she's the one who had the clearest vision for how to build the brand of Sudden Coffee. Or as she put it, put a cape on it and let it soar. I am on the fence, and the reason is, as I said, I don't really see this coffee as being so special, but I do see you and you being special. And certainly you don't need our money, you know, 100 grand, you could fill up, you know, you can go anywhere and fill up 100 grand. So the money, this 100 grand is going to hopefully, I would say, leave it open for somebody who's going to bring some huge, huge value to this. Um, I've, that's all you have left. Oh, that's exact, I mean, we're specifically right. looking for brand help. That's right. like specifically yeah. why Smart. we right. left cash <laughs> open, literally. That is our goal. <laughs> yes, right. Well, here's the thing is that I no longer drink coffee. Um, and I just, I, I, I'm, I, I'm really, really sitting on the fence on this because, and I'll tell you the other reason is you have only 100 left, okay? When I get involved with a company, okay, and especially one that has such a bold brand and that is where I want to direct my energy to, but I just, um, for $100,000, it's not, I can't say it's not worth my time, but in a lot of ways, I would need much more of the company to give you 100% of my attention. So I'm going to pass for that reason pretty much. We appreciate you guys coming in. And honestly, really do appreciate your having the courtesy to save a piece for us. That was, you know, that's great. I think you're smart to look for a strategic investor who can add a lot of value. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, we're not it, but that was that was great yeah. that you made it available to us, and yeah. uh, you guys are going to crush it. I think uh, you're onto something. Yeah. Amazing team, right? Like for this company, you couldn't have put together a better. Oh, yeah. Pair, really, so. like a dream team. And interestingly enough, one thing I look for is I always look for two founders. Mm-hmm. Exactly the composition you have here. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll just leave you with a little bit of advice. Just make sure keep grinding. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. That is so 
So Calais and Josh left the room back in 2016 without investment from the investors. I got the feeling that the biggest problem they faced was that the coffee didn't overwhelmingly pass the taste test. Not to mention only two of the investors even tried it. And it turns out that that problem wasn't an easy problem to solve. But for a food and beverage startup, it's an important one. When we come back, where Sudden Coffee is now. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. As rewarding as it may be, small business owners have a lot riding on their shoulders. It's a lot of stress to own, run, and grow your small business, not to mention finding someone who can give you the answers and support you need. But State Farm agents aren't just there to understand your small business needs, they're there to prioritize them and help create personalized plans with your needs in mind. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life, and State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. When I first caught up with Josh Wasloof about one year after they first pitched Sudden Coffee on the show, some big things had already happened. Despite the fact that they had just raised almost $3 million from investors, a couple months later, Calais, the award-winning barista co-founder, left the company. He and Josh are still good friends today, and Calais actually went on to found another coffee startup. But back at Sudden Coffee, Josh realized that he was marketing to the wrong people. While they were busy trying to grab millennials, the people who were actually buying Sudden Coffee were middle-aged suburbanites. And that realization made Josh rethink the whole business. So then a few months ago, I hopped on the phone with Josh to hear what happened since we last spoke. Turns out they've made some pretty big changes. We redid our logo, we redid our color scheme, we redid our photography. Um, and then we shifted actually where we started partnering with roasters more, uh, more closely. And so we launched a partnership with Equator Coffee, which is a San Francisco-based roaster, and that was actually a pretty big shift for us. It was the first time we'd started going into wholesale. And so um, we did a second partnership with Intelligentsia Coffee. And we have three more roaster partners that are going to launch um, in the next couple months. This move adds a whole new customer for the company. Instead of just selling sudden coffee to coffee drinkers, they can now help specialty coffee roasters get into the instant coffee game. And here's how it works. A roaster like Intelligentsia sends Sudden Coffee their beans. Then Sudden Coffee turns those beans into instant coffee, packages it, and then sends it back to Intelligentsia, who can then sell it wherever they want. It's all aimed at getting more people excited about instant coffee. So before we had to convince you 
that it was a good subscription and we had to convince you that we you know roasted and made good coffee and then we also had to convince you that instant coffee is this great thing you should try and so we wanted to strip all of that away and so instead of trying to focus on all of those marketing messages we were like okay um let's just sell you on the idea that instant coffee can taste really awesome and everything else like don't worry about it It doesn't have to be subscription uh sort of like let's put it everywhere let's work with roasters that you already know and um it's still you know it's still co-branded you know it still says brewed by sudden sort of like Ah, an intel inside that is a big uh shift from what you originally pitched though wow yeah yeah totally While Sudden Coffee was figuring out its business model, there was another problem they had to solve. Their coffee didn't taste that good. We thought it would be way easier, um, but getting the brewing right has been really hard. We were fine-tuning it, and eventually, um, you know, we, like, the flavor just wasn't working. And so it was one of these moments where, like, we've invested a bunch of time and resources on this, and it's just not working. So how did you know it just wasn't working? Were customers, like, complaining about the taste? Yeah, I mean, we weren't happy with the taste. Yeah. Yeah, Josh, I remember breaking open with uh, with my wife, and we were drinking, and we're like, you know, this just isn't that great. I know that Calais is this coffee champion, but it's better than normal instant coffee, but it's still not that amazing. Yeah, you know, it was one of these, like, take a hard look in the mirror and realize, hey, it's it's not get, like it's been a year and it's not getting there and it's just not happening. Was the company not growing? Uh, yeah, I mean, that was, you know, I think that that was a, a problem as well, where like our retention scores like on subscriptions went way down from what it was before. But it's it was really hard to figure out because, you know, customer taste is really subjective. So like there's still some people who like the old process. Uh, <laughs> you're, and, you're about to disappoint them. Yeah. But so around that time, we were like, okay, we whiteboarded out all of the ways that we could brew um, that were different, you know, like going back to the basic chemistry of it. Like, what are all the different things we could do? You know, tweak temperature, pressure, grind size. uh, Like, could we do it in giant vats? Could we like, can we find machines? Like, what are all the things we could do? And um, I had a friend of a friend, he used to work at Apple. Um, He's a mechanical engineer slash chemical engineer, PhD. And he got really excited about it. And so he helped us brainstorm, you know, a real research project where we were going to actually do this the way that you would, uh, like, do scientific research. So you brought on a new kind of inventor, not a coffee inventor, a process inventor. Yeah, exactly. And so this was around May. And he had a couple really big breakthroughs. And then uh, along the way, we also got an inbound email from... Um, this company that had um, basically a, a solution, uh, you know, a machine that would hit the nail on the head for one of the improvements we needed to make on brewing. And it was one of those moments where the universe sort of just presented you, presents you with an option. And we were looking for, you know, this specific technology. And so when we got like, we got the email on our support line and I happened to look at it, I happened to be reading the support line that day. And I was like, oh my God, this is like exactly what we're looking for. And so um, it was like this crazy moment. All right. So like, let me, let me get this straight. So you are like redesigning your process from the ground up 
and like you don't know where you're going to get all the pieces to it but then this one piece somebody emails you and is like hey we would like to sell you this machine (laughs) exactly yeah like literally like like literally that and then we went over and you know did a taste test and we were just like yeah this is probably like one of the moments i remember the most of like tasting this coffee and just having this oh my god like this is like this is good like we can't believe this is real this is like by far the biggest breakthrough in sudden coffee since we started and um it's going to allow us to drop the price of sudden down to below a dollar 50. um it's currently around 275 and Ooh, yeah um, yeah that's pricey yeah exactly so it'll be dollar 50 and it'll also allow us to triple our margin um you know, we've been setting, sitting at 275 with a 20% margin. Um, and one of our investors was like, there's no way you can build a brand with that. Like it need, you need to make it way cheaper. You need more margin. And exactly. And so we'll hopefully be able to sell it for $1.50 with closer to a 75% margin. And you <laughs> that's know, a big that's, difference. <laughs> it's huge. 20%, like, 20% it is, versus it, 75%. It's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's night and day. So for the first time, it'll be, you know, like, like we believe at that price point, sudden can really go mass market. Yeah. But I think we realized that, um, you know, it's it's important to take larger bets. Um, like, I, I think I had a realization that, like, when you're raising venture capital, the, the investors, like, want to see if there is a good business to be had. And so, like, actually give that a real try. You know, I, I think we should have, um, you know, two years earlier, like, hired a chemical engineer and started researching this from the beginning. But we were trying to sort of play it safe and iterate a little bit more. Um, and so I think this is something that, like, when it's your first, the first time you've raised money, like, you want to make sure that the company survives forever and ever and ever <laughs> instead of thinking about, like, how do I test out this idea like how do i test out this concept and um and i think that's sort of like the difference between startup versus small business like startup is like how do i test out this concept um and prove that this is working yeah you were thinking like let's not waste or burn through our investors money too fast when you should have been thinking how much can we experiment with this money how many experiments can we do in the quickest period of time Right, exactly. Like we were worried about are are our investors going to get mad if we spend our money doing this or that and realized, no, like our investors actually want us to take those risks. (laughs) They're going to get mad if we don't take those risks. Exactly. (laughs) That's so interesting. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think that's where like for a startup, you really need to be looking for these exponential increases. You can't be like we can't be selling 10,000 cups per month and worried about selling 11,000. We have to be thinking about how we get to 100,000. And you can't get to 100,000 by going through your to-do list roadmap. And so it's the combo of investing a lot of time in the upfront strategy, like really thinking through those details and then kind of like putting it out into the universe. I think is that, like when I look back at all of the major things that happened with sudden, it was through that process. Huh. What do you say to those people who are inevitably going to listen to this and go, Oh, putting it out in the universe, like 
you can't just wait around for like these events that are going to happen in the future. Yeah, I mean, so I can say that it's worked for me throughout, you know, like I got my dream job after college through doing that. Um, but it's like, I, it, it's actually not really that mystical of a process. It's like, you know, if you know what you're looking for, then when you go out to a dinner party or you're meeting with friends, you're going to your college reunion, you're talking to, you, you know, you're interacting with hundreds of people per week. And do you choose to listen more closely to the person who's the marketing consultant? Or do you listen more closely to the person who's the chemical engineer? Or do you listen more closely to the person who, um, you know, sells to Whole Foods? Um, like these are people that you'll run into within a, a, a few weeks if you're like getting out there and, and you're and you're talking to people or you're doing online research or you're listening to podcasts. Like which podcasts do you listen to? And so if you can reduce your list down to like, these are the three things, these are the most important three things I'm looking for strategically. All of a sudden, like you can't tune into more than a few things in a given week. And so it's just about tuning into the right things. What I'm hearing you say, a different version of what you're saying is basically, it's just a matter of actually knowing what you want so that when those things actually cross your path, you'll seize the opportunity, you'll see it. Exactly. Josh feels like he's right on the precipice of something big. In fact, he's hitting the fundraising trail again, hoping to get the money he needs to fund this new direction for the company. But after talking with Josh, I still had one question. What are Josh's current investors thinking about his progress so far? They have not found that like inflection point where like, oh, people love sudden coffee. It's growing like crazy. This is venture capitalist and early investor in Sudden Coffee, Sheil Manat. Producer Kareem Maddox and I sat down with him in the studio. We've seen this before, and we've seen companies that took a really long time, and then that inflection point came, and then all of a sudden things things were going well. But it's true, like, they're kind of been middling around similar to where they were, yeah, a year ago. Right. How does that make you feel as an investor in the company? Like, Yeah, I, I think... I think I'm really excited about the price point change. Like that, that is one that just makes sense to me. At three dollars a cup, it's never going to be. It's always going to be a niche product. Like it's not going to be a daily use. Um, and now I'm much more excited about it. The thing that I guess I wish this had come a lot sooner. Like we've known this for a really long time, and that the coffee tastes bad. See, at that time, actually, the feedback I got from other coffee drinkers was very positive. Um, As in it's the best instant coffee that they've the had. The best instant coffee. Now, no other instant coffee costs $3 for a cup. So <laughs> yeah. that's a big problem. I'm yeah. kind of curious about what do you think has allowed Josh to continue to raise money, even though the company's like, you know, a few years old now, they're still not selling a ton of it. How has Sudden Coffee been able to keep going and continue to raise money and, and burn through investor capital? Yeah, I, th I think like getting a founder that makes you believe. And then there there are like some proof points and it feels like like just the next change is the one that's going to make it. So like mm -hmm. if, if you can get an investor to believe in that, like that this next thing is the thing that's going to make it, that's that's what it's all about.
new version of Sudden Coffee is just about ready. And Josh is eagerly waiting to hear what hipsters and suburbanites think of his new brew. So we'll soon know if the grind has been worth it. Our show is produced by me, Josh Muccio, Kareem Maddox, and Molly Donahue. We are edited by Blythe Terrell. The original Sudden Coffee episode was produced by Asta Chathervedi and Rob Zipko, and edited by Devin Taylor. With special thanks to Colleen Pellisier and Allison Berenger. Original music composed by the Musemaker, Bobby Lord, and Edwin. Theme music by Breakmaster Cylinder. We were mixed by Enoch Kim. Lisa Muccio planned the recording of this pitch. And if you're a startup founder, you can apply to pitch by going to this web address, thepitch.show slash apply. We'll be taping another round of pitches in April of 2019. So hustle up. Here's our disclaimer. No offer to invest is being made to or solicited from the listening audience on today's show. You've been listening to The Pitch from Gimlet Media. We'll be back with a brand new episode next week. This episode of The Pitch was brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you've been listening to our show for a while, you can tell every business owner has a unique set of problems to solve. That's why small business owners want someone to not only understand, but prioritize their needs. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know how to help you choose personalized plans to fit your needs and budget. They get it, plain and simple. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.